You are listening to the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cone Franz. These talks are made possible in part by generous donations from our listeners. To find out how to support and take part in our community, visit zennovascotia.com. The title of tonight's talk is What to Expect When You're Expecting. And I came to this title because last week we had so many newcomers. And I thought, we should talk about expectations. Tonight we can talk about our expectations in the face of the newcomers not coming back. (laughs) We were ready for so many. I'll start with a couple stories. The first, I've heard this, I've read this in a couple of sources, I hope it's true, is that Shundu Suzuki Roshi was invited to visit um, a faraway group. He, of course, was the founder of the San Francisco Zen Center, so he had to fly. And apparently, uh, there was a miscommunication and no one communicated to the hosts that his itinerary had been changed and that he would be arriving a day early. So when he arrived at this uh, place where they were going to be hosting him, there was this great flurry of activity and all these people were cleaning and they were putting things in order and they were preparing for the teacher. And there was so much activity that at first they didn't notice him, so he just rolled up his sleeves and he got on, you know, he started cleaning and he started working on the walls and they suddenly... You know, someone realized what was going on, and they all kind of gasped. And 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 they said, no, 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 no. You know, please, you don't have to do this. And he said, there's no time, there's no time. A very important person is coming. <laughs> and worked with them to prepare for this person who he knew he was not. But he also knew that he would walk in the next day and be something. It's a particularly strange role, and, and I, I'll just say my own experience of this, that maybe you've experienced something similar. But, but when people meet me, not everyone, but occasionally, uh, they think that I'll be magic based solely on my haircut and my robes and my name, they'll meet me and they'll expect magic. They they want me to have some sort of blinding charisma and insight. They think that maybe I see them naked, their soul bared, and that the next thing I say will be just amazing. And having run into this over and over, it's easy to start to see the humor in it, you know. And I can see there are a lot of of teachers in this tradition who will kind of meet that aggressively by trying to be as kind of vulgar or inappropriate in the first moment that you meet them, so that so that that rug is pulled out from you right away. I understand that intention, but it's also, it's heartbreaking 
it's a very uh, powerful sanity pill to know when you meet someone how deeply you're going to disappoint them. <laughs> the second story is, is a, a classical story, or a, it's a classical Zen uh, phrase. I don't know if it comes from the koan tradition or not. It's just a simple question. For whom do you bathe? I love this question. I love it because as you think about it, you start to see that it's not so easy. It's not so clear. The title is What to Expect When You're Expecting, and the entire body of the text really is disappointment. But I'll expand on that, as if I need to. We're disappointed because we expect something, not because something goes wrong, not because we fail, not because life fails us but simply because we hoped it would be something that it's not. We always hope that it will be something that it's not. Because the universe is never so kind as to be exactly the thing that we pictured. Even if it's much, much better. And I might offer on some days that it usually is. It's never what we hoped for. And of course, this practice is the same. And this is a topic I've talked about a lot. But we come to this room and we come to this posture and we come to these teachings because we want something. Not only that we want something, but because in a kind of beautiful and optimistic way, we feel hope that we might get it. Otherwise, I don't think we'd be here. And, and what that thing is, or what that list of things is, is different for everyone. Though if, if you compare notes with others, you find a lot of overlap. I mentioned last week that I wanted to be a Jedi. I saw in this tradition and in the the images of the people that I saw, a kind of not just strength, but, but clarity of mind. And then I read these stories of these people who were spontaneous and, and sharp in such a way as to make me believe that surely they saw something I did not see. And that if I just did what they did, that I would see what they saw. Actually, up to that point, it's probably fine. Because I actually still believe that. But there's another layer. 
It's the subtle layer. The one I might not have told anyone, which was not just that I believed that I might get to see what they saw, but that I kind of thought I already knew what that was. But that it would suddenly be really clear and that I would be affirmed in my own notion of what realization is. That is where the crushing disappointment comes in. If you play piano, you will come to understand what other piano players understand. Not all of it. But you enter into a certain kind of language. But what you find there will never be as simple as you thought it would be nor will it always be as inspiring as you thought it would be. Because sometimes what piano players feel is just tired. Or just frustrated. Or old. Just like everybody else. We often speak of this as a goalless practice, and we do that hopefully being honest with ourselves as we do, being honest about the fact that we don't get to just leave our goals at the door. That would be nice, but we wouldn't know what to do without them. And so instead of voluntarily dropping them, I think in many cases we watch them get kind of slowly pulverized. And, and hopefully one of the things we develop as we go is some hint of equanimity in the face of that process. So we let it go and maybe we don't rush to replace one with another. So that eventually the field of our vision opens up. Again, I always feel funny telling people that practice will be disappointing. Because it doesn't have to be. It could be an incredible discovery and we see glimpses of that too. The disappointment part is because of us, not because of what we're doing. And this is true of everything. Your children can only disappoint you if you set up parameters by which they can do that. A relationship can only disappoint you after you have decided on your definition of what a successful relationship is. And then it can disappoint you terribly.
a friendship can disappoint you. Because you think you know what's best. We are so unfair. But again, I think it's the way it is. We just have to observe that. And I want to speak just very briefly to the other sign, which is, and I've, I've spoken of this in the past as well, that even though we say this is a goalless practice and that we are not supposed to bring ourselves into the practice or we're not supposed to bring our expectations into the practice, the fact is you have to come to this practice with just a tiny, tiny hope for something that looks like kindness. It doesn't take much. (laughs) It probably shouldn't be much, or else it will blossom into a whole convoluted story about what kindness is, and what it should look like, and all the ways in which you can fall short. But Zazen and the practice around Zazen is actually it's a very neutral kind of brew. And left without that intention, left without that hope, it can be a place to kind of refrigerate. You can sit in this posture and you can breathe in this way and you can follow all the instructions and everyone around you can be sitting in just this way and following all the instructions and what they don't know is that you are getting cold. It can be like turning off the lights. And so it's just a word of caution. For Zazen to reveal something to you, it needs that drop, that one little drop of hope. We can call it generosity. We can call it kindness. We can call it warmth. But without that, we can just kind of tumble backwards into our minds, into a free fall. And that free fall can last for years. It's hard. If you really bring no hope, you won't be disappointed. But something will be wrong. And if you do bring hope, you will be crushed. And that's right. (laughs)
It's just bad news on top of bad news. I'll stop there. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, please visit zennovascotia.com.